0: Starcourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion
1: is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And and this this is Starcourt Study Study Hall. Hall. Okay, so I know that everybody is maybe looking forward to the holidays and some time off and not being in school and not taking exams or not maybe being at work, but today you guys are going to have a test on this (laughs) material. So you're not off the hook yet. If you're studying for finals, whatever you're doing, get out your notebooks, (laughs) get out your pens. Because today we're going to talk about the anniversary effect. Amanda's going to listen and she's going to learn and she's going to take a quiz. I made a quiz on Quizlet. Wait, did you really? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think what we're going to do is we're probably going to run with this and say this is our first real coffee and contemplation episode. Ooh. Because I think when we had originally done the Joyce Hopper MBTI we were like oh okay well this is kind of psychological in nature so maybe this can be the first of those types of episodes but I don't think that that fits this bill.
0: No I guess because MBTI is considered sort of pseudo-psychology so right I, I think this this might be our first real one.
1: Okay so that being said This is going to be our first Coffee and Contemplation episode. We have like our Just the Facts episodes, and those are geared towards like the history behind certain components of the show. And then we have our Curiosity Door episodes, which address scientific concepts. Well, now we have our Coffee and Contemplation episodes, which are going to address psychological themes that are present in our little 80s sci-fi tale. I'm excited. We should go into this episode with a disclaimer. First things first, Amanda and I are not psychologists or psychiatrists or counselors or the like. We don't want to give off the wrong impression when we tackle these topics. We are also learning and the learning process is enjoyable for us. That's why we're doing this whole thing. So any lightheartedness is not in disrespect to the subject matter, but it's instead in joy of learning and in stranger things
0: yes always
1: also many of the psychological themes that stranger things confronts can be intense as they obviously deal with mental illness and mental health struggles such as trauma and grief so please keep that in mind as you choose to listen stranger things is a work of fiction just in case i mean i didn't know that thanks for letting us know (laughs) just you know it's fake i should have had you all sit down before i said that but it's fake uh, the characters are not real people. So because of that, I feel that it is safe for us as viewers to speculate, mm-hmm. like based on the characters fictional actions and expressions on their presenting mental health struggles. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to armchair diagnose anybody. That's not why we're here. But these are fictional characters. And, you know, that brings me nicely to my final point. Stranger Things makes a point to make mental health a theme. Yeah. So there's no hiding that. Therefore, to me, I feel that it is appropriate for us to discuss these themes in relation to the show.
0: Yeah, and I also think it's important to discuss these themes in relation to this show that we all hold dear to our hearts. Because it's important for there to be representation in the world of, you know, mental health struggles and really anything that normal people go through. So I think Mm -hmm. it's important to be able to see that play out through these characters that we love so much and to talk about it. Because not talking about it is that we want to talk
1: about it agreed so all that being said in celebration of season two and in our first coffee and contemplation episode we are going to talk about the anniversary effect so today amanda is the the student Mm -hmm. and i am a professor today so amanda is going to be learning all about the anniversary effect the history a little bit of ptsd history and then of course we're going to tie it all back to stranger things yes so are you ready to go I'm so ready. Okay. And all she's doing is listening. Yep. She's not reading any notes. She's just sitting here listening to me talk. Just like you. Just like you all.
0: Yes. Except I get to talk back.
1: That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that being said, my primary source for this section of our episode is actually the Handbook of PTSD Science and Practice 3rd Edition, which was edited by Dr. Matthew J. Friedman. Dr. Paula P. Schner and Dr. Terrence M. Keene. And the book itself is actually a collection of contributions from dozens of people who, as we go along, I'll obviously mention their names. And it is known as the authoritative reference on PTSD. And for those of you who might not know, I'm just kind of saying PTSD. It's post-traumatic stress disorder. And I go into a little bit more of the definition of that later on in the episode but for now we want to talk about a history of ptsd and i don't want to go like into too much depth about ptsd as a general topic because i think that sort of warrants its own Mm -hmm. conversation in regards to the show probably when we get to season four but it's obviously relevant to the conversation about the anniversary effect which we hear about in season two so as you might assume post-traumatic stress As a psychological phenomenon was actually being described long before it was labeled as PTSD. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So the source notes that allusions to it can be found as far back as like Homer. So that's like the Odyssey and the Iliad. That's like 9th or 8th century BC. Wow. Yeah. Shakespeare, which is the 1500s, and then Tolstoy, like the 1800s. These are just some examples. So it was being alluded to long before it was ever recognized or named it's also really interesting compensation and like pension data dating back to the u.s civil war showed a link between traumatic exposure and physical and psychological ailments oh yeah so that would have been like mid 1800s and then world war one which spanned from 1914 to 1918 brought about the concept of shell shock thanks to a british physician named c.s myers and there was actually a lot of controversy surrounding shell shock at the time of its introduction to society because of the concern that it would provide too easy an exit from the battlefield. Oh no. Yeah. Yikes. So they they didn't want to deter individuals from being willing to join the armed forces. Wow. Yeah. By potentially introducing something like shell shock Which obviously gets its name from, like, shells. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, this particular attitude toward, like, stress-related disorders persisted during World War II, which spanned from 1939 to 1945. I have a quote. Okay. If an airman could not fly due to a psychiatric disorder, it was not diagnosed, and he was deemed to show lack of moral fiber. Oh, no. Yeah, not cool.
0: Did they spell fiber, F-I-B-R-E?
1: Yes. I knew it. (laughs) I don't know why. Yes, they did. (laughs) That always
0: makes me laugh. I have no idea why. Fibre. Fibre. (laughs) Yes, Fibre.
1: (laughs) And this label could actually lead to a loss of rank and dishonorable discharge from the military. Yeah.
0: So, so, like, you could literally be labeled having a lack of moral fiber as, like, a, a reason to be discharged.
1: Yes, and the reason why you were labeled as having a lack of moral fiber was because you might be suffering from a mental health disorder. Wow, that's awful. Yeah, it is. It's really unfortunate. And it just shows how stigmatized mental health was, especially, Mm -hmm. but, like, honestly, still is. Yeah. Finally... PTSD would likely not have ever been recognized without the work of veteran, feminist, and Holocaust survivor advocacy groups, like, largely during the 1970s. Nice. Yeah. It's understood that PTSD emerged from converging social movements rather than academic, clinical, or scientific initiatives. Okay. Wow. I love that for PTSD. Me too,
0: right? I mean, you know, it's it's sad that it took... Non-physicians to bring this to light, but I'm glad that activism really did the work.
1: Yeah. So all that being said, it wasn't adopted as an official diagnosis in the American Psychiatric Association's DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, until its third edition, which was released in 1980. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we can see generally how new the idea of PTSD was- In 1984, during the second season of Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, like it had only been a recognized disorder for four years at that point.
1: Right. So, like I said, I don't want to talk about the larger picture of PTSD. I want to focus on the anniversary effect. So PTSD obviously is vast. It presents itself in numerous ways. And like I said, I think it warrants more discussion. But we're going to focus on the anniversary effect that we hear Sam Owens talk about in Mad Max. And my primary source for this section is the US Department of Veterans Affairs website, which is actually really cool. Wow, yeah. They have a whole page on PTSD, understanding it, seeking help, treatment resources, etc. The URL is actually ptsd.va.gov. I'm going to read a quote from Season 2, Chapter 1, Mad Max. It's called the Anniversary Effect, and we've seen this with soldiers. The anniversary of an event brings back traumatic memories, so it opens up the neurological floodgates, so to speak. Hmm. So this was Dr. Owens addressing Joyce and Hopper regarding Will when he comes in what seems to be to a regularly scheduled appointment. Yeah, maybe. Something. We kind of talked about that in our Mad Max episode. But yeah, and it's hard to tell. Like, does he come in to see Owens regularly does he only come in when he's having episodes how long has he been having episodes we still don't know we still don't really know (laughs) but essentially owens talks about things getting worse for will before they get better he mentions that will might experience personality changes more episodes nightmares irritability he then mentions post-traumatic stress and makes a point to say that they like as in those in the field of psychology i assume are still learning about it Mm mm-hmm which checks out when we think about when it was finally recognized four years earlier as like an official diagnosis. Right. I'd also just like to kind of point out that Owens is seemingly like quite progressive considering the newness of PTSD as an accepted disorder.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Like, He just brings it up and starts talking about it and using it as an explanation for Will's symptoms.
0: Which is kind of impressive given like, I don't know, just understanding people who struggle with finding diagnoses for, Mm. you know, maybe rare or newer disorders. It's pretty impressive to see Owens kind of staying up on what's going on in the medical world.
1: Right. According to the VA website... A quote, on the anniversary of traumatic events, some people may find that they experience an increase in distressing memories of the event. An increase in distress around the anniversary of a traumatic event is commonly known as an anniversary reaction. The website actually listed September 11th. So, you know, generally around that time, those who might have unfortunately been impacted really heavily by that day might have an anniversary reaction to it. It also mentioned experiencing feelings of grief around the anniversary of the death of a loved one, which I think is like 100% spot on. Oh, yeah. These times come around once a year and you all the feelings come back and it's just like, okay, and you kind of regrieve. Yeah. I think. So why do anniversary reactions occur? So it likely has to do with how traumatic experiences are tied to memory. Oh, In many ways, an anniversary reaction is actually a response to the memories associated with the event and then the feelings associated with the memories
0: interesting so it's like more based on the way that you processed the event rather than the event itself
1: sure and then also like if you experienced at the time of the event feelings of maybe like agitation or nervousness or sadness once you start to recall those memories the feelings that you also experienced start to return makes sense yeah And then the symptoms surrounding anniversary reactions can be understood as an exacerbation of the symptoms that define PTSD. Hmm. So there are four responses associated with PTSD. So the first one is intrusion. So this is a reactivation of feelings, physiological responses, and thoughts that occurred at the time of the event. So that's kind of what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. If you felt worry or panic at the time of the event occurring upon the anniversary of that event, you might experience similar feelings as you're recalling the memories. Then there's avoidance, particularly of trauma-related stimuli, such as places or people connected to the event. Hmm. So Will should probably, like, steer clear of castle buyers. Just,
0: yeah. Or just, like, the probably. upside down.
1: stone. don't... Or just... He just shouldn't go there. Don't go to the upside down. Just don't do that. Mm-mm. Just steer clear. Yeah. Mood alterations, sadness, anxiety related symptoms like panic or worry. Mm-hmm. And then arousal and reactivity, which is interesting because we were talking about Joyce's hypervigilance. Yes. In Mad Max when the phone rings and you can see how she's quite reactive, feeling nervous, on edge, difficulty sleeping, irritability, jumpy. Yeah. And Owens makes a point to mention irritability specifically.
0: He does. Yeah, you're right.
1: But there was no mention anywhere on the VA website of liking it cold.
0: <coughs> so we, we could say that that's probably not attributed to the PTSD. I'm going
1: to say probably not.
0: No, I'm thinking that's more of a, a response to being possessed by an interdimensional eldritch
1: horror. Yeah, those things. (laughs) Yeah, so those are the four responses, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive. You can experience all, you can experience one or two, but it was intrusion, avoidance, mood alterations, and arousal and reactivity. Okay. So there was a little bit of an empirical study on the website, which I thought was really cool. There was a study done on veterans who had participated in operations Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Which were the two phases of the Gulf War, which took place in 1990 91. So it was right before we were born. Okay. Pretty
0: much. So yeah. not that long ago because we're no. so very young.
1: Right. And veterans and their wives were asked to identify the veterans' worst month of functioning. Hmm. I think there was like a study done at two years and then again at five years. And then there might have been a, another one at seven years. So identify the veterans' worst month of functioning. And 38% of participants reported that their worst months coincided with dates of Operations Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Wow. Right? Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I mean, mean, it's not like good, but it's interesting. Yeah.
0: And I mean, like, it's it seems so simple, but it's like a serious breakthrough, I feel like, in Mm -hmm. understanding more about PTSD and the anniversary effect in general.
1: Yeah. And I think like for those of us, and I'm sure we all suffer traumas as human beings, Mm -hmm. I know that, like, you have good months, you have bad months, and if you probably thought about it long enough, you might be able to deduce that you suffered a trauma one year in that month that was particularly difficult. And I just think there's a lot of validity to the anniversary effect in general.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone who has, you know, unfortunately lost a loved one can Mm -hmm. attest to that for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay, so it's time to talk about stranger things because we are compelled by a force that is beyond our control to do exactly that so that's what we're gonna do yes we are we are gonna talk about stranger things and i would just like to say that i had never heard of the anniversary effect until this show
0: i hadn't either i mean i you know i knew of it as a concept but i hadn't heard it named like Mm -hmm. it it was just something i knew happened like oh yeah you know when you're reaching the anniversary of something awful then yeah it's gonna make you feel bad but I never thought about it that way
1: right and it's interesting you say that because I feel like this is exactly something that is experienced but not identified yeah like we know that we suffered a trauma at a certain time of year and then as that time of year kind of rears its head again we start to feel down about the trauma that we might have suffered and none of us are sitting here like oh that's the anniversary effect right but it is it is. <laughs> and, and
0: it's interesting because we I mean, even now we're, we're just talking about the anniversary effect, like in terms of PTSD specifically. But like you don't necessarily have to be diagnosed with PTSD to feel post-traumatic stress and sure. experience the anniversary effect, because I think it, it affects almost everybody, probably.
1: Yeah. I think the real question here, though, and like at this point, we can definitely get more conversational about this. The real question here is how much of what Will is experiencing in season 2 is trauma related and how much of it is mind flayer related.
0: It is an interesting question because I I definitely think there's both going on here. Right. Like how could he not feel PTSD effects after going exactly. through what he went through? I mean, even like if he didn't actually go through like all the upside down stuff and running from the mind fl- or, or uh, running from the Demogorgon and like, you know, almost dying, I think the the trauma of your friends and family having a funeral for you and thinking that you're dead, that's probably enough. That's probably enough to make you right. break a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say like between, you know, the mind flare versus PTSD. It's hard to say. Yeah.
1: And truthfully, a lot of what Owens describes does manifest. Yeah, it really does. Like he does undergo personality changes. He definitely becomes irritable. Oh, yeah. He has more episodes. hmm I don't think he suffers any nightmares that we know of, but I thought the nightmares point was interesting because of Baldo, the damn clown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And Bob go, explaining. Go away. <laughs> go away. Which is so, every time I hear that now, the the go away, I think of Chrissy in the bathroom stall. When Vecna is taunting her, like "Go away!" Oh my gosh, you're right. She she takes a page right out of the Bob Newby book.
0: Where did she get that book? I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. But it's also interesting, though, that he mentions nightmares, and then we see in season four that all of the students—Chrissy, Fred, and Mm. Max—who are well, and Patrick—who have dealt with a trauma in the past are now experiencing nightmares, which is not uncommon for someone who has experienced trauma, but Vecna is taking advantage of that.
1: Yeah, and it just made me think it's almost like intentional or not, I can't say because, you know, the mind flayer sentience is up for debate. Vecna is definitely sentient. Yes. But it's almost like a Trojan horse. It's like these things, these symptoms come in and they mimic the symptoms of a mental health issue. And what's really going on is obviously beyond the scope of a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's like a Trojan horse. Like they all come in, they're like, okay, the nightmares. And it's like, okay, that seems to be a symptom of PTSD. Right. Chrissy, Max, Fred. Yeah. Like, but then all of a sudden it's like, no, that's a Vecna. A Vecna.
0: (laughs) It's, it's also interesting seeing in season four the differences and similarities between the students who experienced more like acute trauma, like Fred and Max, Mm -hmm. and then the students who experienced kind of like chronic and prolonged trauma, like Patrick and Chrissy. Yeah. Who were dealing with, you know, verbally abusive, maybe physically abusive parents. And then Max and Fred, who dealt with a acute one-time trauma.
1: Like an event. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's also interesting to see because... I have to wonder how the anniversary effect would manifest for people like Chrissy and Patrick.
1: That makes me think of, and obviously we don't have to like go super into this right now, but it just makes me think of CPTSD yes. versus PTSD. So complex PTSD, which is usually reserved for individuals who have been in a sustained like traumatic environment versus an individual who experiences like a, an acute traumatic event.
0: Yes. Yeah, Very interesting. It's it's cool to see. I mean, not cool, but like it's it's interesting (laughs) to see like I have to wonder if like Vecna was like kind of knew what he was doing with the whole curse. It literally just mimics PTSD.
1: It does. Yeah. I mean, it honestly it mimics a lot of mental health disorders. Like there's also hallucinations occurring. True. You know. True. But. Just kind of going back to the original question, which was like, how much of this is trauma related versus how much of this is Mind flare related? And I don't think that we have an answer. I don't think like there is a right answer. And I also think both of these answers can exist. Like, I don't think this is an either or situation. Yeah. But I do think that when Will's symptoms in season two start to become more physiological, that's when we could definitively say that this was probably not just trauma related. Right. Even though, like what we learned from the Veterans Affairs website, obviously there are physiological symptoms associated with mental health disorders. Your body temperature dropping way below the normal level of, of body temperature, that's, that's not a common symptom of a mental illness. Nope manifesting physically also i mean maybe to some degree but obviously not to the extent that will does that like rapid onset amnesia that's not generally something that's associated with ptsd i don't think
0: no i mean yeah maybe you might have some memory loss but not like to the extent will does like you said yeah
1: it, it would be more like how l experienced yes like blocking, the repression of memory blocking yeah out a traumatic event yeah Right. Versus all of a sudden, I don't know who my mom is. Right. Like, that's very different. Also, the now memories. Like, when he starts to feel like he can see what the mind flare is showing him. And Mm -hmm. they feel like... What does he say? He's like, they feel... It's
0: like when you remember a dream, like, in the back of your brain, kind of. But I, I will say also about, like, the now memories that he experiences... At least once, it manifests as like a nightmare, basically. Like it comes to him in his sleep when he's like laying next to Joyce, mm. and he and he sees like where Hopper is. I think he. Yes. I think he like wakes up with that.
1: He like jolts awake. Yeah. Yeah. Also, where we really split off, I think, from PTSD is when we learn that he ends up synced up to the hive mind. Oh and yeah. And you can yeah like <laughs> you burn the vine, and Will is like. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Ow, that hurts. Stop We're it. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Up until this point though, his ex- his episodes that he experiences in the first couple chapters of the season, they could just be flashbacks.
0: Right. Right, because Owen's even says in in that first doctor visit, he says, "Is it like you're like is it like you're seeing mm-hmm. it? Is it like you're there? Like are you there there or like what
1: is it?" Right. And he also tries to get a sense, if I remember correctly, of the feelings that Will is experiencing when he's having these episodes. And he says it wants to kill. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you? And he's like, no, Mm -hmm. everyone else. Yeah, not me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not a feeling that I think Will was dealing with when he was trapped in the Upside Down in season one. That's don't think that Will was having that feeling.
0: No, I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Once Joyce puts the pieces together, though, that Will is drawing the same creature she sees mm-hmm. on the video camera footage, I think that's it's at that point that she sort of feels like Owens's spiel or explanation is um, hogwash.
0: Yes. Trash garbage.
1: Trash garbage hogwash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also wouldn't really say that Will is fully possessed until the scene in the field by the school at the end of the polywog. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I hate the face he makes. It's so creepy. Oh, it's really
1: bad. And with that, I would just like to share a quote mm, Okay, from the Stranger Things wiki. Oh, boy. And this is actually a quote from the page on Will the Wise. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. And this is from the Stranger Things wiki. So there are full names because this is just what they do on the wiki. But <laughs> while the shadow monster's tendrils take root inside of him, Will Byers is found motionless by Mike Wheeler, Dustin Henderson, Max Mayfield, and Lucas Sinclair outside Hawkins' middle while his mother tries to wake him up, only doing so when the monster finishes injecting its material into him. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's what it says on the Stranger Things Wiki. No, why? Who wrote that? Who okayed that? What? Come forward. Oh my god <laughs> Not that Into
0: space. Not that. I hate it. I hate it so much. Like the whole scene is disgusting enough. We don't need your your uh interpretation of injecting materials. <laughs> Ew. Material. Not materials.
1: No That is the weirdest euphemism I have ever heard.
0: Injecting materials. <laughs> <laughs>
1: horrifying. Like, horrifying disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Okay, I just had to to include it because I read
0: that that and I was like... That needs to be shared with the world.
1: (laughs) Yes, you all need to know what that says. (laughs) But until this point, I don't think we can assume that Will is possessed. It seems more like the Mind Flayer is like trying to test the boundaries of his communication. Like, Mm. how much can I communicate with this young boy? And I think what we were meant to assume with Henry until we are shown that the Mind Flayer is made in a spider's image, is that the Mind Flayer can breach the weak point that is Hawkins to sort of target gifted young men. Is that, like, <laughs> where we were going? That's what it seems like. Wasn't that, like, what it seemed like was happening? Like I thought so. I mean, At first. Right, like, it kind
0: of seemed like the Mind Flayer was speaking to Henry and kind of, like, indoctrinating him in a way.
1: But- yeah, and showing Henry himself, which is why Henry was drawing the mind flare. Yes, and then we see Will drawing the mind flare, right. and it's like the the mind flare. He's like he's like the cicadas that come around <laughs> like every number of years. <laughs> <laughs> he's like ah, oh, the veil is thinner this year, and then he chooses a gifted young man or young lady. To target and try to get to do his duties. Yes. But no. No.
0: And then he hangs out in a tree and screams. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Just like the cicadas. (laughs) Just like the cicadas. (laughs) I just want to say, though, it would have been... This is a side note. So narratively satisfying for this to be what was happening. I know. Right? Like, I just much prefer the mind flayer being the one who just like infiltrates these minds and starts to show images of himself or herself or themselves. We don't know we what don't the know. mind flare identifies as. No. And I just think like it would just make, it just would have been so narratively satisfying.
0: It would have. I agree. But Hey, right? season five, we, we never know because Henry is an unreliable narrator.
1: You're right. We hold out hope. We do, but I got to bring it back, <laughs> especially in the half blood Prince. This is all just so Harry Voldemort to me. <laughs> or is it order of the phoenix it might be order of the phoenix like when harry starts to get glimpses of what voldemort is doing and then snape and harry have snape has to teach harry to n- keep his mind closed oh, to yeah. voldemort it's just so harry voldemort sorry everybody
0: <laughs> just the just justice another podcast <laughs> episode another harry potter comparison <laughs>
1: it's not my fault that it's, it's just, there it's just there it's just there <laughs> i also want to point out this really interesting juxtaposition, wills, and I, I'm going to, we need to stop using the word interesting. Everybody send us synonyms for the word interesting because I feel like we keep using it. We do. Fascinating. Will's possession versus mental illness. Now, historically, before there was a better grasp on mental illness, symptoms of disorders were often attributed to demonic possession. Huh. That's right. And I have a quote. Western European belief in demonic possession as a cause of mental disorder has been traced through the medieval and early modern periods. And that is a quote from the National Library of Medicine. You know, like hysteria and yeah. all that. that good stuff. Yes. Now, in season two, we have this breakthrough acknowledgement of the impact of PTSD, all for will to be actually possessed. Right.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what an interesting not interesting no, no no
1: uninteresting
0: it's not interesting at all it's fascinating it's cool okay
1: it's cool
0: wow com. yes please but that is weird like i didn't even think about that because i love listening to, to podcasts and stuff about like i don't know possession and like mental health and what they were doing and you know the olden ye olden days and the ye, ye olden days <laughs> and yeah i didn't even think about that like they used to just be like oh yeah her yeah she's i don't know she sees ghosts whatever
1: yeah she needs an exorcism yes. not just you know a, an anti-anxiety movie. right
0: someone <laughs> i don't know get, someone to get this girl an exorcism <laughs> yeah but like right that makes sense that it's I, well it doesn't make sense but it's like interest oh my god it's cool it's him it's wow amazing
1: (laughs) anyways so yeah i just i wanted to bring that up because it frustrated me i was like okay so we're having this wonderful psychological breakthrough about a new disorder and we're identifying the symptoms all for will to just be possessed anyway yeah like come on now
0: i know right come on
1: (laughs) yeah excelsior
0: excelsior
1: (laughs) that's gonna be the new word i find it really excelsior (laughs) That does not work. it doesn't work. (laughs) So that's the anniversary effect. I thought it was really fun to read about outside of the context of the show. Right. Very informative. I found a lot of great sources. PTSD is serious and it is not the result often of mind flayer possession. No, typically not. Typically not. Yeah. So I think the history is really fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea that the history was really rooted in like social movements because it was veterans and women and holocaust survivors who were experiencing these symptoms right who needed to advocate for themselves yeah and that was why it was finally recognized by the dsm
0: it actually makes sense as to why it was so it took so long to get recognized because it was you know these minoritized groups who were experiencing it and unfortunately unfortunately throughout history these are the people who have been given the least consideration. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense that, you know, the only way that PTSD was recognized was through the work of these people.
1: And it was swept under the rug to keep people wanting to join the armed forces. Yeah. Which, which is awful. Project.
0: I'm glad that we're in a better place now, but pretty scary. Right.
1: Does anybody have any questions, thoughts, concerns? Anyone? Objections?
0: No criticisms
1: nobody nobody's raising their hands
0: no I, I don't see any I don't see anyone
1: <laughs> all right we hope you all found this interesting
0: <laughs> and I hope that someone teaches us a new word <laughs>
1: <laughs> please include your synonyms <laughs> obviously it's not an easy topic to discuss but stranger things is just it's just laden with trauma Season four could not exist as it does Mm -hmm. without trauma as a theme so yeah we wanted to talk about the anniversary effect in relation to season two
0: yes and when we get to season four we're definitely going to be doing a whole episode on ptsd in general as a whole because it's just something that we kind of can't avoid in season four unfortunately no all right well thanks for listening everybody
1: thanks for listening
0: and until next time
1: Stay strange To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming StarCourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at StarCourt Study Hall.